Good morning, neighbors. Um, I'm Susan, and I'll be reading this scripture, Matthew 8, 23 through 27. And when he got into the boat, his disciples followed him. A windstorm arose on the sea so great that the boat was being swamped by the waves, but he was asleep. And they went and woke him up, saying, Lord, save us, we are perishing. And he said to them, Why are you afraid, you of little faith? Then he got up and rebuked the winds and the sea, and there was a dead calm. Then he got, they were amazed, saying, what sort of man is this that even the winds and the sea obey him? So Jesus is with his uh, disciples, and they are uh, crossing the sea. Now, the sea uh, was a big sea. And so uh, it, when storms hit, it, it hit pretty well. And, and a lot of people that he was crossing with, were, were, they, were, they, they fished, so they were out there. They, they knew the sea, and they also knew that when it happened, uh, when weather would change, a lot could happen. And so they're in the boat there, and they start to, you know, it starts to rock and everything like that, and the wind starts to go, and the rain starts to come, and they start getting a little bit nervous about this, all this stuff, because in their, their history, you know, they know that this is getting troublesome and troublesome and troublesome, and they get to worried and everything like that, and they look over at Jesus, and he's just snoring. He's just sleeping there. I bet Jesus did snore. I bet he did, because he's proud of it. He just was fine, and so he's over there sleeping, and they go over to him and they say, hey, you know, you got to wake up. And he goes, what? what's wrong with you people? Why are you, why are you waking me? Uh, and he gets up and he does this thing, you know, where you see in the movies, you know, where he stands up uh, in the rocking boat. You know, the boat's going like this, but suddenly he stands up and he's free. And it says he rebuked the storm. I like to think that Jesus just went up and as we would, if we were woken up, we'd wake up and just go, shut up. And then everything just went to calm. You know, that's what I would love to see happen in a movie. You never get to see that portrayal. And then everything calms down. And everybody's just amazed that he was able to do something about that. I have a similar story. I, 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 I wasn't expecting that. I, and, yet, and yet, why wouldn't I? Um, yeah, for, for if, you're, if you're fairly new here, I get heckled a lot. And so... Uh, and these are by uh, loving people that I, I hope to never see again. But we, um, when I was uh, in my 30s, I think, uh, which was uh, not too long ago, right? Uh, yeah, that took some laughter. We um, lived on the south side of town. I don't know why I'm pointing that this way is the south. Isn't this way south? Which way is south? That way is south. Oh, well, thank you very much. For, all right. We lived on the south side of town. Uh, now, see, people watching at home wouldn't know that. Why'd you have to point that out? Because I was just, all right. And I thought I would get in shape because I, I, I worked on the uh, north side, lived on the south side, and I wanted to get in shape, and so I started biking to work. And the, Lincoln has a fantastic trail system. You know, you can just go pretty much anywhere, and if, especially if you're driving or riding uh, north to south or south to north. Got this bike and everything. Uh, and I got these, you know, I, I thought you have to work out and everything. So I, I was unaware of the, the, the hip clothes. I wasn't going to wear the bicycle pants. Could you imagine me in bicycle pants? I mean, that, yeah, that's just an apology waiting to happen. And uh, so I wore uh, sweatpants. Um, not the cool kind, but like the old kind that you see in the 50s, you know, the gray sweatpants that bag out, you know, like that. You already look like you're ready for hammer time, you know, that kind of thing. And I had a t-shirt 
And so I changed my clothes, and, I, and I'm, I'm getting ready to go uh, from work back home. And I'd worked a whole day, and so I'm already a little bit tired. I get on the bike, and I think, it's a little cloudy. Uh, but it was fine, you know? And I thought, well, I'm, I'm exercising. This is all part of it. I'm excited about it. Got the new bike and everything. Get on the bike. I'm about 10 minutes away from work, and this storm just explodes. And there is, I mean, there is rain. There is just, it's, it's that wall of rain that you can't see very much, you know? And I quickly realize that uh, I'm a baby. And so I, I don't want to be on this bike anymore. And I'm just, you know, kind of crying to myself and whimpering and stuff and thinking why, you know. At first you think I'm so brave. Um, but uh, then I realized that sweatpants are really the wrong thing to wear because when sweatpants get wet, they become... Uh, bubble pants. I mean, they're just, I mean, and weighted bubble pants. It's like I'm wearing, it looked like I was uh, riding with bean bags, you know, uh, and it got heavier, and I was, you know, I started saying, God, get me out of this, and all this kind of stuff, and uh, it felt like God was not present, and I kept going, and everything like that, and everything, and I, there was this one uh, where the trail went under uh, a street, and so I went under there, and I kind of sat there uh, in my bubble pants and my wet, you know, shirt and everything, and I, I prayed, God, just, you know, stop this. And all I heard uh, was laughter, and it was angelic laughter from God. He was just saying, no, you got this. This is fine. This is one of the best things I've ever seen. You just keep going, because I, I, I'm really enjoying myself. As a matter of fact, I'm just going to blow the wind right in your face there for a little bit. But there are times when, you know, naturally I made it home and everything like that. And I, you know, you, you do something like that, you expect a hero's welcome. You expect to be um, welcomed like you would at the marathon, you know, with people cheering and stuff like that. And all I had was a dog just looking at me like, you're an, you're an idiot, because uh, I'm not even going to go outside. I, I peed downstairs, so, you know, that's... <laughs> there are times when it feels like God is just sleeping. Uh, we look at this story, and we often look at it, and we see it in the movies where, you know, Jesus is just so powerful, and, and the, the talk about is how he can just disrupt the wind, and he can control the weather, and all of this kind of stuff. But what I really want to focus on is, is the role of the disciples, because when we are um, reading the Bible, there are many times that I believe the Bible's purpose is to allow ourselves to be put into the role of the people that we're reading about. Because again, I always want to emphasize this, these aren't heroic people, these aren't special people, these are ordinary people uh, in extraordinary circumstances. Uh, they are us. They are who we are. Uh, they are just normal people. And what the Bible says is that when the storm erupted, you had people that were used to storms, scared and frightened. That's where we can put ourselves. I just want us to put ourselves into that position right there. Uh, before you know that Jesus is going to calm that storm, what were those disciples thinking? The, the Bible makes it clear that they were afraid. And not only were they afraid, but they were questioning Jesus because it looked physically like Jesus just wasn't there. That's where we can read that and give ourselves the permission 
to sometimes be frustrated. Sometimes we do have storms in our life. Sometimes we go through storms in our life. And sometimes we stop and ask, where is where's God in all of this? Uh, where, where is God? Uh, and a lot of, I, 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 this is where I want to apologize for some other uh, religious leaders, because religious leaders will tell you, some, some will tell you never to, never to doubt God, uh, that if you uh, have a, um, uh, a slowdown in your faith or you question, that, it, that it's your fault. But I'm telling you, this story right here does give us permission to have that moment to where we say, I'm frightened, I don't know where God is. And that's where God does come in and say, you know, I'm here. Uh, but sometimes it does look like I'm asleep. Do you ever have that moment in your life where it feels like God is just asleep while you're battling the storm? Um, I've asked Christy to come up here. Christy, can you come up here? Christy uh, Mook uh, works at uh, Brian. It's just Brian now. Brian Health? Brian Health. Health. Hi, Christy. Morning. This is Christy. Uh, Christy, can you give us uh, just a... uh, uh, a brief description of, of what it is that, uh, that you do. Absolutely. So I'm an IT project manager for Brian Health. Um, my normal job is to implement new technology to the organization. If you've heard of project managers, not quite sure what we are, my mother tells people I'm a technology therapist. So we talk about the problems that you're trying to solve, how technology can help you, and then how to adopt it and make it part of your regular work. Now, about two years ago, maybe two and a half years ago, your job uh, took a turn, to say the least, uh, and uh, things abruptly changed for you, right? Can you tell us a little bit about that? Absolutely. So I was scheduled to go to a healthcare and technology conference in Orlando. Um, It was March of 2020. That may seem like a very familiar timeline for folks. So we started getting emails about two weeks ahead. Um, It's an international conference. If you are coming from China, uh, you must wear a mask the entire conference. If you are coming from China, please cancel all travel plans. If you are coming internationally, we will live stream the event for you. Stay home. If you are coming from the United States, the conference has now been canceled. So I was planning to go to the conference, had cleared my schedule for the entire week, and the conference was canceled. Our organization was keeping very close watch on um, rumors of the COVID infection. And... We had stood up our incident command center. We'd taken it back down. Um, and I got a call from my boss. I was driving home, and she said, so you've heard about COVID. Your conference was canceled. You don't really have much going on this week. They just need help to get organized. Just a little, like, PM work. Meet with them. Talk about what they're trying to do. Get them a plan. Get them the right people. Um, it'll just be, like, maybe a week. <laughs> Um, two plus years later, I still do our, the COVID report for our organization. Our pandemic sub-team still meets. I still work with our doctors um, most weeks. What were the most, uh, as the, I mean, I think it's, it's fair to say that the, you were there uh, in uh, a very important spot when a storm hit. What uh, were some of the biggest um, surprises and challenges that you faced during that time, and what did you have to do? You, you now found yourself uh, almost kind of overseeing uh, the organization of a hospital, two locations, 
during a pandemic, first time in many of our lifetimes. Uh, I don't know about Dave, he's old, but uh, you know, I think he remembers the Spanish flu. But it was um, <laughs> when, when it was, uh, um, when it hit, what were some of the things that were going through your head? Um, you know, I think everyone probably felt really helpless. Um, we didn't know what we would need to do and the kinds of changes that we would have to make and how quickly we would make them. We had so much uncertainty about whether we would have the supplies to take care of patients, whether we had enough rooms and nurses and beds. And our pandemic plans all revolve around what happens if your staff gets sick. So what happens if your nurses can't take care of people? And um, we had conversations around ethics that you usually only have theoretically. What would we do if? Um, and if was on the doorstep. What were some of those things like, you know, I, I picture like the disciples on that boat and it starts to rock. Their knowledge of things happening is getting thwarted by, you know, the force of the circumstance. Uh, what were some of the things that for you felt like God was asleep? Um, I have thought a lot about this since you and I talked. Um, so definitely we have worked so hard to be an open hospital, open to visitors, open to families, and we immediately had to say patients only. And so people were really sick and they didn't have any of their normal support systems. Um, we made some special exceptions for people whose family members were passing, but we couldn't do that for COVID patients initially. And so I think for everyone in our hospital, the hardest thing for us was to know that people were, were passing alone. Um, and that it was really hard to imagine that experience for them and their families, and it was just so dark. Um, and our nurses just felt so helpless and so sad and so frightened. Uh, I know the general public was very scared during COVID. It was a very frightening time, and you didn't know who to listen to and who to trust and all those extra pieces. Um, but for our nurses on the front line and our doctors on the front line, that level of fear of taking something home to their families um, was very real for them, of not having enough equipment, um, of not knowing when the wave was going to come for the storm. What is the picture that we're looking at here? So um, this is in the first 11 days of the pandemic. I don't know if any of you were tested out at LifePoint or not. Um, we work in a hospital. We have all of our walls. We're very sterile, right? Um, and we set up testing centers in a tent. And we were the first testing center in the state of Nebraska to be able to test over 100 people a day. We took nurses who were surgery nurses. We took nurses who were rehab nurses because they didn't have patients. We had shut down all those services. And we put them all out in a tent. And March in Nebraska is not necessarily a fair weather time. <laughs> um, and um, we tested and tested and tested. Um, and we tested people who were afraid and who did have symptoms and who didn't have symptoms. And um, we helped to establish the testing plan for the uh, Nebraska National Guard and also for the city of Omaha. So, and again, this is, are these, uh, what so, we're looking at here, are those employees? This is or? one of our shiny days. Um, you can see lots and lots of people with Brian blue shirts on. So this was the very first uh, patient vaccine clinic that Brian did. These were all for people who were at high risk, 
They all had a pulmonologist or a nephrologist, so most of them had had either severe lung or kidney disease or maybe had had a transplant. Um, if you remember March or February 2021, um, the day that we did this, the temperature in Lincoln that morning was minus 16. And these volunteers worked indoors and outdoors. They guided people into the organization. Um, and for volunteering, they got expedited to the front of the line for a vaccine. Wow. Um, and we literally had to be like, we're, we're full of volunteers this week. <laughs> um, you'll have to come next week or you'll have to come the week after. Um, it had been so dark and so frightening. And I will tell you, I think nurses cried across the whole city of Lincoln the very first day that there was vaccine. Um, that it was just this super powerful feeling like this would be the way out. This would be the end of the fear. So you truly did experience a time when it felt like uh, God was absent in some cases. I mean, you, people were uh, dying alone. Um, staff was having an, a flux where, where people were getting... Uh, COVID and having to take off, and, and it was just a mess. Uh, what was your relationship with, with, with Christ during that time? There was, um, there was definitely that, that questioning and that frustration. Um, how could it come upon us so fast? And uh, why was it taking so long to find a solution? And we had all these people who were trained and trained, and they still didn't know what to do to fix it. Um, and so it was just, it was a really questioning time. And then when things started to, to turn, uh, did it feel as if, uh, like if we continue to compare it with this story, uh, does it, did it feel as if Christ was waking up in, in a sense? And if so, how was your relationship at that point? Definitely. Um, there was just such a feeling of thankfulness um, and I think we had it a couple other times along the way. Um, there were so many times that the FDA would make pushes, so things would be available faster than they ever were before, just so we would have some kind of treatment modality. Um, we had a moment at the beginning of the pandemic, I did tell Trevor about this, Brian Health does a ton of construction, so if you see cranes around Lincoln, it's often us. Um, the construction companies that we work with also use pappers, so you probably saw lots of pictures with nurses with big white bonnets, and then you would sometimes see the pictures of Brian nurses, and they had like a blue welder's hat on, right? Um, those are construction peppers. They're fully reusable, and we were able to get 150 of them in the first 45 days of the pandemic. Um, it was the only thing that saved us. Um, otherwise, we would have had to have turned away patients. We would have had more sick nurses. We would have had more sick doctors. Um, it was... It felt very miraculous that we had this odd tie to a construction company who said, do you know about these? We have three, would you like to try them? We have a contact for the company. They're out of Switzerland, would you like to order some? <laughs> and, and the things that we never could have imagined. Um, you probably saw in the news the tattoo company that showed up, they had ordered their whole supply of gloves for the year. We experienced a glove shortage and they delivered 30,000 gloves because they knew they were gonna be closed. They said, we won't need them, you can have them. Um, and we used 
every last one of them. We used a lot of them at our drive-thru. <laughs> um, but we had um, um, just a really great community. Um, Lincoln was so fortunate, so, so fortunate, because we did have people who wanted to help and who were willing to call and say, what can we do? Um, and they took seriously the announcements from healthcare leaders in the community. What can we do? You can wear your mask. You can stay socially distant. You can put off a wedding. You can put off a graduation. You can have a virtual party. Um, and so people's creativity was such a blessing and so amazing to see. Um, and just the way that people just came forward for support of, of the community. So there was a time when it felt like there was nothing happening, and then you saw things happening through people helping each other. Is that correct, or I don't want to put no, words in your No, absolutely. Mind. Does it change anything that you thought before of the, the helplessness and things like that? Um, definitely. I, I would say, like, as an organization, and, and it's very funny, um, we always felt like we had to go through a very specific process. And... We learned so much about thinking fast and moving fast and having faith. Um, that if we, if we put together a team and we worked together and we moved quickly, that what we were going for would come out. Um, and it, it just very, like, it took over some of that feeling of helplessness. Um, taking action was really powerful for people during it. And, and I think that's part of why the community had that same sensation. I have to do something to help. It doesn't matter what it is. I just want to help. Well, thank you for everything that you've done, and thanks for sharing that story with us. Appreciate it. You know, there's a lot to be said about when we see things that actually happen in our life. When we get to the end, sometimes we have that, that hindsight to look at. And sometimes the storm is just so rough that we don't see where the, the, the blessings are or where, where God is in our life. And sometimes we really have to seek that and search for that. And sometimes, still, uh, there are times when it just feels like it's not there. It does feel like God is asleep. Uh, and I want to reassure you that the Bible does give us permission to have that moment of anger, that moment of uh, worry, and that moment of acting. One of the bravest things that the disciples did at that time is they yelled for Jesus. That's one of the bravest things that they did. They were in a storm. Jesus asking them of their faith, he knew that they were displaying their faith. Because when the things got rough, the first thing that they yelled for was Christ. I'd like to encourage us to continue when with storms hit and things happen in our life, are we screaming for Christ? Are we screaming for Christ hopefully? Are we screaming for Christ angrily? However we're doing it, are we yelling the name of Jesus when times get rough? And there are times when Jesus is going to say, uh, you got this. Uh, Jesus waking up, saying, uh, this, I could have slept through this. You got this. This is fine. You've got each other to help yourself through this. You're, you're, you fish. You've, you're in this boat all the time. You know how to do this. You know how to ride the storm out, and you can do this. And sometimes Jesus is saying, you've got people in your community. It's time for them to get together. It's time for them to work together 
It's time for them to be the echo of the miracle that's happening. Because the true miracle of Christ is that we all can come together. You know, some of us, we have differences. Some of us, we, we, we look different. Some of us, we act different. Some of us come from different stories, different backgrounds, different, different everything. And the miracle is that Jesus is saying, you know what? I'm going to put you all in the boat together. And there's going to be some hard times. There's going to be some challenges. There's going to be some times when you don't think that I'm there. But I am. And sometimes I'm just going to say, uh, you got this. You can do this. And there's going to be other times when Jesus is going to say, uh, I can't explain everything, uh, but it's going to feel hard, but I am there for you. Uh, today, we like to look for answers. We want the solid proof answers, and we'll go to any new, news source or any factor. Change. We'll change it to, so that it fits us. But the truth is, I'm standing here right now and saying sometimes it feels like Christ isn't there uh, because sometimes that's just the way it feels. Um, I wish I could explain it. Uh, I know there are people in this church, in this, this room right now, that are facing a storm, and they're facing challenges, and it hurts, and it feels empty. We're here because of that. We're here because of that. That's where Christ is. Christ is in the construction workers that said, I don't know anything about a hospital, but I got this mask. Would that help? Christ is about volunteers saying, I will risk the cold, my comfort, and everything to make sure that I'm doing my part. Christ is in Gale over there that volunteers a billion times feeding the poor. Christ is what we take from here to our homes. It's not about uh, trying to wake Christ up. It's truly about trying to wake up the Christ in us. Because we got this. We got this. You know, Jesus had a lot to explain. The night before, he was going to be taken away. Now, try to wrap your head around this again. Put yourself in the mind of the disciples. You've got Jesus that through this three-year mission is, is telling people every once in a while, you know, I'm going to be killed and I'm going to rise again. And you're, I mean, what would you do? Like, well, that's great. Uh, way to go, Jesus. I have no idea what you're talking about, but, you know, you go, boy. Uh, that's great. You know, good news for you. Um, but even the night that he sat there with his disciples, he tried to tell him again, this is going to happen. You, you have a, a faith that has had sacrificial lambs and things like that in the past of, of atonement and of, of helping and all of this kind of stuff. And I'm here to tell you that this is all coming to a, uh, a, a turning point because I'm going to be sacrificed for you. And again, you're a disciple sitting there eating your, your dinner and you're thinking, I have no idea what that means. And the person that they followed for three years, they're going to be see, taken away helplessly. And they're going to hear about his death. And there's going to be times when they're going to feel empty and alone, hopeless and running for their lives. But somehow uh, it works out in the end. And, and somehow Jesus comes back 
And then Jesus leaves again and says, you got this. Now take that word and go help people. You, you spent the last three days running. Take, start now helping. I can't fully explain that. I can tell you it's just that it, this is what it is. In our times of trouble, uh, we, we have the body of Christ among us. Uh, you'll have these little things on your, your table there, and if you don't have enough, you can grab ones from other tables. But this is where Jesus says, uh, this is my body given to you. And they took it. And then Jesus flipped the travel pack over <laughs> and said, this is my blood shed for you. And they drank it. And one of the most important things that Jesus said that day was do this in, in, in remembrance of me. In other words, take this forward. You got this. Our job as Christians is to live out the mission of Christ, and that is a mission of love. It's a mission of how he told us to pray. If you'll join me, it's on our screen here. Our Father, who art in heaven, hallowed be thy name. Thy kingdom come, thy will be done, on earth as it is in heaven. Give us this day our daily bread, and forgive us our trespasses, as we forgive those who trespass against us. And lead us not into temptation, but deliver us from evil. For thine is the kingdom and the power and the glory forever. Amen. Whatever you're going through, whatever challenges you face, whatever your storm is, I just want you to know that what you're feeling is okay. And it's normal. Uh, the disciples give us a tremendous amount of encouragement to feel. Uh, that is to feel. We, we often, I mean, being in the Midwest... We don't like to talk about our feelings very much, but thank goodness the disciples, they felt afraid, they felt scared, they felt worried, they felt doubt, they questioned. They also felt joy, immense joy. May we help each other, may we work toward that, may we help pick each other up, may we lean on each other, may we be there for each other, may we show Christ to each other. Not just here, but also out there. Uh, remember, love God. Love yourself. Love your neighbor. Amen.